reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doom Patrol podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me, as always, is Murray Fox. And this week, we are looking at issue number 91 of the Doom Patrol from November 1964. Ooh, yeah, uh-huh. back in the golden, golden days. The Silver Age wonderfulness of the Doom Patrol, the world's strangest heroes, when comics were 12 cents. Ah, uh, yes. And they were all approved by the Comics Code. Yeah, that's a really big approval stamp there. I know, it's like, they really want you to know it's bigger than the DC Bullet Man. Yeah, yeah, really, that's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, covered by Bob Brown, looks like, again. I think so. I don't, certainly not Primiani, so. No, it looks like a Bob Brown read a face there. We've got the poor old Doom Patrol being... Mangled as usual. Mangled and... Lying on the ground in a great big round-headed green alien on multiple view screens. screens, (laughs) Cliff looks like he's been uh, picked up and wrung out like a dish rag. That's right. Just kind of squeezed dry. All wrinkly and shaky. (laughs) Yes. And Reed is being dragged off. off. That's right. Being dragged off by the man in yellow. That is one awful outfit. Oh, it really is. <laughs> it's very... <laughs> that helmet uh, and that... Yeah. Yeah. Only I can save you from the Master of the Plastic Men. Forget your two pals, says... Says... Man in the purple helmet and yes. gloves. Yes, yes. We'll find out who he is very, very soon. Yes. Excellent. Alrighty, diving in. We get sort of a similar scene. We get the Doom Patrol... Facing off against Gargwax the alien and his uh, little android robots. His plastic men. His plastic men, that's right. <laughs> no enemy could break up the Doom Patrol, but if any man ever dared, he'd have to be the most superior and extraordinary being alive. And that's the only way to describe Mento, the man who split the Doom Patrol. Bum, bum, uh-huh. Absolutely. So a uh, negative man is grabbing onto Rita, and he's telling her, I warned you, Rita, Mento's become a partner of that alien fiend to dominate the Earth. And Mento agrees. He's like, it's true, my love, but I can offer you more power and luxury than you ever dreamed of. Leave the Doom Patrol and join me, Mento. The Freshmaker. <laughs> Getting that obligatory joke out of the way. <laughs> Very cool. Alrighty, so our story opens right in the middle of the action. There's a bomb set to go off in the middle of the street full of uh, nitroglycerin, and it's going to blow up the jail and three square blocks of the city if uh, some certain prisoners aren't released. Which, I guess, you either release them or you blow them up. Yeah, won't they die too? I know, I'm thinking, they didn't think that through very well. That's okay. It's That's why they're criminals. That's right. That's why they're behind bars. So Rita shrinks down. He's she's uh she's planning to sneak into the little timer there and deactivate it. But uh 
The chief says that there's no time. There's a shortage in one of the wires, and the bomb could go off at any minute. They're going to have to use negative man. So negative man zips over and tries to grab the bomb, but something is stopping him. He's not able to get through to the bomb, and when they look up, they see the police radio transmitter is sending out those radio waves like crazy, and they're interfering with negative man's own radio energy, so he can't make it. He can't move towards the bomb. And uh, Cliff would have uh, covered up the bomb with his metal body, but he figures that there's too much nitroglycerin in that bomb, even for him. So, looks like the Doom Patrol is totally powerless. Powerless. Until, <laughs> until we get Mento appearing. He says, now that all three of you have failed, perhaps you'll let an expert try. What? Who's that? And he's happy to tell them who it is. <laughs> My superior brain, harnessed to this special apparatus, will destroy that bomb. I am Mento. That's right, Cliff's having none of it. He's like, Mento, I think you mean psycho. Scram, you nut. No time for little boys' <laughs> games today. Come back when Marvel season opens. And uh, Mento sends out his little telekinesis beam from his uh, head there, his little helmet. That's awesome in that, because in that panel, it's not even a helmet. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like just... like a headband. It's got his hair sticking up on top. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, he goes through a couple of looks in this. That's pretty awesome. Very story, apparently. Yeah, so he uses his telekinesis to carefully move the nitroglycerin bomb up into the air where he explodes it. That's right, safely exploded way, way up. And... uh Negative man is, he's pretty impressed. He's like, welcome to the club, Mento. That's quite a power you've developed. But Cliff is having none of it. Hold it, God's face. You're not handing out membership cards by yourself. Rita, the chief, and I have something to say about it, too. Mento just says, yeah, don't bother arguing about it, boys. I wouldn't be interested in joining you two misfits anyway. However, the young lady is another matter. <laughs> uh-huh. Cliff's like, skip it. The young lady is not going to be interested. Rita, however, can speak for herself. Yes. <laughs> so she says, actually, you do interest me. Just a tiny wee bit, Mr. Screwball. <laughs> Mento's the name, but never mind. We'll have plenty of time to get acquainted. Oh. Uh-huh. And off he walks with uh, Rita at his side. And the guys are, they're, they're shocked. Why, I oughta. I know. Can you beat that? I never figured her for a traitor to the cause. But, uh, yeah, the chief... She's the voice of reason. That's says, right. Hey, she's a free agent. You let her do what she wants. That's right. That's right. And as they drive off, we learn that uh, the reason Rita went off with him was for two reasons. First, she figures Larry and Cliff would have uh, torn Mento apart in another minute, and she didn't want to see that. And second, she was kind of curious to see what makes this egomaniac tick. <laughs> Egomaniacs, my dear, are men who overestimate their own importance. I'm not guilty on that charge. I am important. <laughs> Here's my little place. What a dick. That's right. And we see uh, this is our first introduction to Dayton Manor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's, Rita's like, oh, little place. So that's what you are. You're just a spoiled rich kid. Yeah. Not much of a kid, actually. He's looking much older than her, I guess, with his uh, slipped back gray hair. He's got the Reed Richards look. But uh, yep. he says, being the grandson of one of the richest men in America didn't hurt any. That's true. But I'm not precisely spoiled. And then he goes on to prove what a hard worker he is. His butler comes in and 
starts peppering him with questions. Chicago called about the uranium syndicate. Hong Kong wants a yes or no. Pacific Banking needs your help. And uh, Dayton is like, yeah, tell Chicago to pull out. Yes to Hong Kong. Release 10 million to Pacific Banking. <laughs> Which uh, shows that Rita, shows Rita that uh, he didn't just inherit his wealth. He also works at it too. But he, uh, he tells her, no, money's just my hobby. My real work is in here. Let me show you as he leads her into a private lab filled with little bunny monkeys rabbits and, and monkeys. <laughs> He's also a professor of research psychology at Sills Medical College. Hmm, says Rita, adventurer, financier, and research psychologist. Is there anything you can't do? He's like, nope, I can do it all. That's right. He starts lifting the bunnies. That's right. And then we get just the best panel. <laughs> now, Miss Barr. That's right. Now, Miss Barr, I want you. Uh-huh. <laughs> that look there says date rape all over it. No kidding. <laughs> if you're not running yet, you, uh, <laughs> you should you be. Should be. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Burr. All righty. So... However, Rita He's trying to convince Rita that uh, he sh she should come away with him and leave the Doom Patrol. That's right. But uh, she will have none of that. She's like, I could never withhold my powers from those people who need, need them. And, and the Doom Patrol is my family. I don't care if the world thinks of me as a fabulous freak. They're the only family I've ever had. Ah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, we'll leave it that way for now. But I'm not giving up, Rita. So he drives her back to the city. And as they are arriving in the city... Oh, it's the following day. Yeah, the following day. So they've arrived. The following day, we get these big colored blobs falling down. A red, a blue, and a gray. That's right. Falling onto the city. Big, big, ginormous blobs that bloopity bloop and turn themselves into a... Well, people, sort of. People, yeah. The uh, street people say they're like mannequins, giant store dummies, although really... I'm not sure I've ever seen dummies that... Uh, that <laughs> Very uh, poorly designed <laughs> I guess. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And for some reason, they seem to know that the blue mannequin dummy is as powerful as a bull. Well, because he's pushing people around. He's there. pushing people around. They're just being knocked over like cards there. And yeah. The red one is flaming hot. Yay. It looks like Billy Batson up at the top of the panel there. <laughs> it really does, yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. big box of books or something. <laughs> Yes. Groceries, perhaps. A uh, slight little crossover there. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, and that takes us into part two, Terror of the Android Master. Uh, rocked by the swift and incredible invasion, the city hasn't yet recovered. When the fantastic beings attack a nearby radio tower. These radio towers, they look everywhere. Everywhere in the 60s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's the, all about radio. Now it's cell phone towers. That's right. That's right. So uh, the little hot red guy, he starts melting one of the towers, and then the super strong blue guy starts bending it and ripping it into uh, a shape. Really, they're just artists. They're just artists at heart. That's how they are. <laughs> yes. They're just doing, yeah, modern big, big art. Big installations. <laughs> That's right. Eventually, when they're all done their, uh, their work there, they've created an uh, interesting little scene that says X plus three and of course the tv cameras get it and and uh, the doom patrol is looking at it on the tv and cliff is like for crying out loud what's that mean 
And the chief, he's not sure yet. He says it's it's a strange message from those three androids, and Rita's asking what an android is, and he explains that they're imitation humans, man-made living beings commanded by some fantastic brain. We've got to stymie them until we learn who or what's behind them. There's another word that we don't see very much these days. Stymie. stymie. No, it's not one that's used. <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring that back. Bring it back, yeah. And, of course, Mento is also watching on the TV, and he's like, here's my chance to show Rita why she belongs with me. I'm going to track down the source of these giant plastic giants and embarrass the Doom Patrol. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too, because he's like the richest dude in the world or whatever, the fifth richest or yeah, yeah. whatnot. He's watching on that little tiny TV. <laughs> Meanwhile, the chief and the Doom Patrol have the big giant plasma big jobby. black screen. Yeah, wide screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All righty. So while he's planning to do that, the rest of the Doom Patrol goes uh, racing off to meet the uh, androids. Like you do. Like you do, that's right. You got alien beasties coming down. You got to go take them on there, man. So Cliff goes running forward and he calls them crazy plastic characters. Three overgrown cockeyed looking ping pong balls. That's all they are. Let me handle them. He grabs the big blue guy and starts swinging them around and smashes them right through the red hot dude, and they just fall apart. They just crumble into bits. bits. That's right. And uh, Larry sends the negative man off against the silver guy, and same thing. He zaps through him, and he crumbles into bits. But that not is, of that course, tough, I guess. not that tough until out of the sky drop more of those little red, blue, and silver balls, and they just keep coming. The hits keep coming. That's right. Rita grows to a ginormous size and smashes them together with a big splat. And while they're not too hard to defeat, it's the uh, sheer numbers. They just keep coming and coming and coming. Oh, yeah. So the Doom Patrol's getting tired. Rita's feeling like, there's so many of them now. They're blotting out the sun. Where'd they come from? And Cliff tells her to, you know, keep swatting them up there, and whatever gets past you will take care of down here. So she's splatting them, and Cliff is giving them a good one-two down on the ground, and Negative Man's zapping through them, but they can only do this so long, and they're getting tired. They are getting tired. Rita's hair is messy, and she's sweaty. Poor oh, thing. Man. I know, it's rough. They're standing in a puddle of goop from these creatures. Yeah, like waist high. Plastic, plastic goop. <laughs> plastic goop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff finally realizes, you know what, it's no use. No matter how many of these we smash, they just keep coming. But, but then, yeah, for some reason, they just stop. stop. And uh, Rita shrinks down. And, uh, they're, and, yeah, they're all in that puddle of liquid. It's a smelly, terrible odor. and it smells, smells like, like a glue, glue factory. factory. <laughs> Yeah, and Cliff is like, I'm still wondering where they came from. Hold it, the chief is calling. He tells him to get back to headquarters and I'll show you where they came from. But I guarantee you won't believe it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh -huh. Boom. Ads Boom. for Silly Putty. Ads for Silly Putty. Oh, and a subscription offer for the Doom Patrol. Uh -huh. Ten issues of the Doom Patrol for only one dollar. Uh-huh. Regular price, a buck twenty. That's right. It's like finding an extra twenty cents, Murray. That's awesome. Awesome. We get back to 1964 right away and <laughs> no take advantage of this offer. Absolutely, because you could also get Rip Hunter, Challenges of the Unknown, and the Sea Devils. I don't know why you want Sea Devils. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We'll leave them floating around underwater. For Canadian postage, adds 13 cents on each 10 issue subscription. Wow. 5 cents on each 20 issue subscription. Wow. Wow. Like I can swing it. Maybe. I could, I could probably afford comics if there was still this place. <laughs> no kidding. I'd buy I'm, lots of comics. Yeah. No kidding. I don't oh, think I've read any of the Sea Devils. I don't think I have. No, I don't think I ever bothered either. Rip Hunter, I've read maybe a little. Maybe. Yeah, I know, I know a little bit about Rip Hunter. Yeah. Okay. Well, time travel is a little more interesting than Jacques who's throwing it around as far as I'm concerned. So. Exactly. The only thing I know about Dane Dorrance and the Sea Devils is the issue he was in uh, Animal Man. They were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to, trying to stop the dolphin hunt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. Somehow, I'm going to guess they didn't, they weren't around very long. Maybe they were. Who knows? Maybe they were. <laughs> you never know. Maybe they were, like, Silver Age superstars, but I don't think they lasted. Bob long. Hope lasted for, like, over 100 issues. So. I know. <laughs> That's, well, but it was written by, I think Arnold Drake wrote some of those. I think he did too, actually. He wrote some of the Bob Hope and some of the Jerry Lewis ones. Jerry Lewis ones, yeah. Which are just cracked. <laughs> Anyhow, back yeah. to the story. Anyway, back to the story. That's your commercial break. <laughs> yes. Part three. Part three. The stratosphere. Oh, sorry. Hang on. I'm being yep. called. <laughs> and back we go. <laughs> back on the big, uh, the big screen. Oh, yeah. We so get it's good to thing see. they have that big screen. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to fit that I whole know, ship on there. fit that whole ship. It's huge. It's a very uh, modern-y looking. Uh-huh. It looks like, a, like uh, one, one of your modern-day like city hall type uh, designs. Absolutely, yeah. But it's, it's, it's also got some booster rockets on the side, so yeah. it's uh, <laughs> flying around. A city hall that can uh, you can just pick up and, and zoom around with. Oh, yes. yes. Floating 25 miles above the Earth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's far. That's pretty high up there. Rita can't even reach it. No. No, Cliff wants to know who built it and why, and the chief, he still doesn't know. Because there's something that keeps his radio camera from penetrating the city walls. The only way to find out more is to attack the city itself. And of at that very moment, there is a supersonic jet getting ready to attack it. Dead ahead, headquarters of whoever created those plastic invaders. My ship is one of the few that could reach the stratospheric hideout. Oh, yeah. And if you had any wonder about who was uh, driving that ship, <laughs> wonder no more. It is Mento in his new and improved costume. Mm. <laughs> well, it's definitely an improvement from the last one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he's still... They can't decide whether he's doing a, a helmet or a... A headband, because yeah, in one yeah. the first panel there, he's got the helmet, and then later on, he's got the... Oh, he's got the hair back. see his yeah, hair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a convertible. He's got like a, a moon roof. That's right. Well, you know, hats, they get your head sweaty. Yeah, that's of, uh, true. Yeah. If anybody could design something like that, he's probably him. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets pulled, uh, pulled right into the ship. A giant claw comes cracking out and grabs the jet, pulls it in, and... As Mento comes in, he sees a whole army of these uh, plastic men inside the fantastic city. And he points up to the dark steps and he says, You up there, I can't see you, but I know you're there. What are you after? This floating fortress, this army of plastic dummies, what are they all about? What does it mean? What's it all about? And we finally get to meet Gargwax. Great, Gargwax. big, chubby green guy. Oh, yeah. With little red cat eyes and 
He's got these cool little spiky things popping out of his ears. I was always wondering if those were, I think they're earrings, but maybe they're just, his, he's got really weird oh. lobes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Hard to say. Yeah. He's... But they're the same color as he is, so it's, it's, <laughs> could, go, could go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's got a look. He's kind of like uh, an emperor. I always, like, I always like to think that Garguax sounds like John Goodman. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so he uh, welcomes Mento there. He says, welcome to my floating city, Stephen Dayton, or should I say Mento. And Mento, for all his brains, he doesn't take him long. He's like, why, you're not from Earth. <laughs> really. <laughs> doesn't miss a trick, that Mento. No, no. You're unbelievable, like a distillation of evil. Wow. <laughs> Gargwax says, thank you for the compliment. I am Gargwax. Of course, I'm not of your world. Mine is full-grown, far superior to your infant Earth. And uh, Mento wants to know why he's here playing with the children of Earth. And uh, Gargwax says, there are small minds, even on my world. Such fools banished me, but I shall return in glory. Even now, I'm developing the kind of weapons that will make me supreme there. And Mento realizes, ah, oh, you're testing them out here on Earth, right? You're using us as a guinea pig world. Exactly. By the time I'm done, I'll be ruler of my world and you of yours. You see, Mento, I am offering you a partnership. And Mento will have nothing to do with it. He's like, I'm not going to make any deal with you and your celluloid zombies. But uh, they zap him. They zap him and knock him out. tased him, bro. That's right. He's been tasered. And, uh... Gagliak says, he'll come around. That's right. Eventually. Yeah. So the next day, we see that the uh, Plastic Men have created a new message, X plus two. And Chief has realized that, I think they're telling us. <laughs> I think they're telling us something. There's going to be a major attack against the Earth in two days. Because yesterday the message was X plus three. So we have to be ready before then. We must. And Rita assures him that they will be. Uh, Liff, Cliff, Cliff. Cliff and Larry, they're all working hard. And luckily, Chief already had like a little plan tested and getting ready to go. So they, yep. uh, they've made themselves a little rocket. And, uh, it's a rocket car or just a regular yeah. rocket? Yeah, yeah. A rocket... In a deserted public park, the false that's bottom right. of a great fountain opens up. <laughs> wow, Hutch, you've got stuff set up. That is right. The uh, rocket comes bursting out of the park. Hopefully no one was uh, playing in the fountain at that point or anything. Well, it says it was deserted, so <laughs> there you go. There you go. And the rocket goes shooting towards Gargwax's home. His floating little home. And within that floating home, poor old Mento's been given the... Uh, brainwashing there. He's trapped in a room with multiple screens of Gargwax. You will do my bidding. You will. You will. You will. Again and again and again. Clockwork orange action. That's right. <laughs> and Mento cracks. Yes, I'll do whatever you want. Only stop. Stop. Oh. Uh-huh. And as the Doom Patrol approaches, they are pulled into the ship by Mento's telekinetic ray. It catches them and 
drags him right into the... Uh, <laughs> I like that they know it's Mentos talking out there because it's purple. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so he actually sends out a purple ray. You know, that way, how could they know, right? That's right. If it had been a green telepathic ray, it could have been anybody. But could have been anybody, yeah. It's Mentos purple ray. That's awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they get in there, and uh, Cliff says, well, you look at that, an overweight alien up there, and Mento as his partner, just as I thought. Rita will have none of that. She's like, I can't believe Mento would conspire against his own world. Uh-huh. She's falling under a spell. <laughs> yeah. Cliff goes racing forward. You can believe this. I'm going to ram a metal fist right down his treacherous throat. But Mento zaps them all with his uh, telekinetic ray again, and he paralyzes them up above in the air. They can't move. But, of course, Negative Man doesn't need to move. He just sends his... Uh, Radio energy body out and <laughs> butts Head Mento butts in, the in the gut. That's yeah. right. No zipping through Mento. We're just going to give him a headbutt. Oh, uh, yeah. Mento Sometimes collapses. Headbutt is the answer. That's right. If it's not a laser, it's a headbutt. <laughs> yeah, he gets headbutt. He falls down. Rita takes him into her arms. I'm not going to leave him here. I can't believe he was in league with that thing up there. And Cliff is like, all right, that's the way you want it. We'll take him with us, but uh, just get out of my way so I can carry Loverboy here. So he uh, throws Mento over his shoulders, and they start running through the, uh, the floating fortress there. Gargwax is thinking to himself, these fools don't realize my floating base is a maze of the deadliest traps ever conceived. I control every one of them from this panel. Of course it is. Of course you do. (laughs) And that's when Mento wakes up. He's like, where am I? Let me down. Cliff tells him, okay, Psycho, only one phony move, though, and I'll smear you. We're only putting up with you because of Rita. This corridor looks like a dead end. Come on, let's try the door. And they push through the door, and of course, there's nothing on the other side. They're going to go right into bubbling, boiling lava or plastic or something. It ain't going to be good, but Rita realizes there's one desperate chance, and (laughs) wow, that's quite an image. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Looks like she's giving birth to a (laughs) Rita grows super big and throws her arms and legs out and splayed out when she's in the operating stairs. That's right. Yeah, fortunately... Uh, perhaps Bruno didn't think that panel out too well. Yeah, or maybe he did. Or maybe yeah. he did, that's right. It's uh, All the naughty bits are covered, no worries. <laughs> by steam, I guess. So. By steam, she's got one hot... It's just, yeah. <laughs> Sizzle! JJ, all right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, she stops their fall. The uh, little guys climb up her arms up to the, uh, the door so, that they fell through. Yeah. And then once they're all hanging on there, or all the way through, they tell her to shrink down so that they can just yank her up. Which they do, and they start running again through the hallway. and Being chased by plastic dudes. That's right. In this case, they uh, get pulled into a super wind tunnel being powered by a giant propeller. They're uh, hanging on as long as they can, but the wind is, of course, too powerful, and it will chop them all to bits. Which is Cliff's call to arms there. He... Uh, Allows himself to get caught up in the propellers and clang, blang, wangs them. And the propellers are broken and Cliff is all battered up. As as he needs to be. That's what he does. <laughs> Always ready to sacrifice his body. For that's him. right. He's all mushed up there. So in this case, Mento and uh, Larry drag 
battered old cliff along, and they continue their exploration of the uh, of the building. They find the source of the plastic androids, and they figure if we can destroy that, we can end this threat forever. So Negative Man zips out. He's going to get ready to blow that little factory sky high, but uh, a protective bolt of electricity was shot out to safeguard the factory against Negative Man, so he's hurt and out of the way. Uh, Larry's disabled. Cliff can't fight anymore. Rita can't do much for uh, the big giant beasties. But Mento says, don't you worry, sweetheart. I have a chance to prove you're teamed up with the wrong boys. Watch. First, I'm going to lift these into the air. Hundreds of them. So he's uh, telekinetically lifting all those plastic men up. And oh, then yeah. he uh, sends them back, dropping down onto their own little incubator, which blows them up and wrecks the machine, so no more creatures. Awesome. Mm -hmm. They go uh, walking along the flame-filled corridor there. There's no time to lose. Quick, the whole alien nightmare is going to explode any minute. So they uh, casually get into their little rocket ship and fly off. As Gargwax's Sky Factory explodes. Arum! Arum! Yep, that's the end of Gargwax and his plastic androids. And I'm sure we'll never see them again. Never, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> they thank Mento for everything, and he's he dismisses it. I don't want your gratitude, Rita. I want your love. And Jesus, guy, give it a rest. I know. Someday I will have it. I don't get it, Cliff, says Larry. What does she see in a guy like that? Cliff is like, beats me. He's only brilliant. Handsome, courageous, witty, and a multi-millionaire. The girl's got to be crazy. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. That's right. They haven't seen the last of Mento, though. He'll be back in the next issue to try to win Rita away from the Doom Patrol. Thus uh -huh. starting a long-standing subplot. That is right. That is right. Mento is introduced him. Any little romantic tension that was going on between Rita and the other guys is pretty much set aside now as she starts to fall under Mento's spell. Ooh. Mm -hmm. you, got, you got an ad here for the 80-page giant of the Flash. I know, that's cool. Five cents. <laughs> that's awesome. Cream of the I, Crop collection. I always wanted to find that one, too, because it looks so cool. It's got all the little... I know. Some of those stories I don't think I've ever seen before. He's, like, uh, cornered by a mammoth mosquito. Haven't seen that one. Imprisoned in a giant hourglass. Maybe. Immobilized by 1,000 pounds of weight. Hey, chubby flash. flash. I, love, I, want to, I want to get that issue. <laughs> I that know. looks awesome. That I haven't seen. Menaced by black lightning. Of course, not the jab turkey black lightning. Just no. Black lightning coming out of weather Wizard's wand, wand there. there yeah. And pursued by a pirate torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen any of those. Yeah, Plus, looks, there's an original Flash classic. Oh, that's right. Triple Flash pinup picture. And the Flash's Rogue's Gallery. Gallery. Oh, yeah. Excellent. That looks awesome. I know. Those 80-page giants. Can't go wrong with those. That's for sure. Can't go wrong. We have the uh, letter page and another letter from David Cockrum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. He's, he's a pretty smart dude. Yes, yes. He's I've saying. been an enthusiastic Doom Patrol fan from the very first, and I want to compliment you on possibly the best mag that is printed under the DC banner. Uh-huh. Hear that, all other comics? Suck it. <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Pretty 
close. Absolutely. I could say that this is the only magazine where the characters act halfway like real people, arguing, being unhappy, and being just real. I'm beginning to appreciate Bruno Primiani's art for the high-class work it is. Right He's superb at rendering scenery and personalities. Keep up the good work. I enjoy every issue of the Doom Patrol. Another landmark in the trend to break away from the old superhero mag. Right on. See, he knows what side his butter's his bread's right. buttered on. <laughs> That's right. His butter's breaded on. That is right. His butter yeah, is breaded we... here. It's funny. He never got a chance to draw these guys, did he? As no, I don't think so. As big a fan as he seemed. He, uh, yeah, he was never around DC. But you can when see why were... he uh, gravitated towards the, uh, the X-Men. X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there was... But he was Legion first, right? Yes, and then yeah. moved to uh, the X-Men, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right on! Yes. Yeah, it would have been cool to see what he would have done with the Doom Patrol, maybe. But it wasn't it's to al- be... Yeah, it's always funny when you you, you read uh, interviews with comics creators nowadays, and a lot of them are like, yeah, I wish I could get my hands on the Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Wow, that's awesome. Because like you never hear, you don't hear about it. No. Everybody's always like, "Oh, I want to draw Batman." Yeah, Batman, Batman, Batman. You know, <laughs> Batman's all right, but still, it's nice to see. You know, you can tell the true people, true uh, fans, because they want to get a hold of the Doom Patrol and that's do something right. fun. That is right. Jeff Lemire. Oh, does he? He's into. Oh, he's a he's a huge Doom Patrol fan. That's that's the thing. If if he wasn't doing all the stuff that he's doing now, he would totally drop it all. I think. <laughs> Very cool. I'll we'll have well, to ask him sometime. Yeah, yeah, he's doing like what Superboy? He's doing a couple of series. So we'll yeah, he's doing Superboy. He's got an Adam backup still in for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't think uh, still going on that. Probably one more, and then... And, of course, Sweet Tooth is still going on. Sweet Tooth, yeah, yeah. So he's busy right now, but... Uh, oh, yeah. But... Hey, I uh, would only really be... Uh, I mean, I'd be interested. I'd read it anyway, because it's Doom Patrol, but I'd like it if he was drawing it, too. Yeah, it'd be cool to see Because I think his, his style uh, would be awesome for the Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and you never know, with Matt Clark kind of... Not easing out, but, I mean, he, he uh, needs the breaks. You know, so... Yeah, it would be nice even if you could get Jeff Lemire in for a guest yeah. guest issue or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty. That brings us to the end of another issue. We are back next week with another look at the Doom Patrol. But in the meantime, if you want to comment on any of our uh, threads, you can visit us over on doompodtroll.com where all of the Episodes have little comment threads, and there's a link to the comic forums where you can also leave your comments, or you can uh, send us an email at doompodtroll at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Excellent. We will catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.